Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to another bonus episode of the 24 Stories podcast, where we're going to look back over season two, and I'm joined by producer... And uh, the main person behind the podcast, actually, the quiet person behind the podcast, uh, not all the talk like me, uh, <laughs> Elaine Smith. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Elaine, even though you're always here anyway. Thanks, Stephen, except I'm on the opposite side of the screen this time. Yeah. Out of my comfort zone. Out of the comfort zone. But people would have heard you before. You were on for the the special episodes that we created for the podcast awards last year and also episode 24 because people might say, Oh, season one, there was a, there was no guest at the last episode. Ah, but there was two guests on one. Yeah. Connor so. and Paul. Yeah. I know my mind was going there for a second as yeah. well. We've now had 48 different people inside in the studio. So it's a... It's a milestone. Yeah, it's a lot of people actually when you think of it. It is. Loads of stories have been told from everyone's different backgrounds, different industries. No two are the same. No, and I think it proves a point that actually there is no, nobody has the same story. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's journey is slightly different as well. There's no, what would you say, there's no um, automatic kind of success kind of journey kind of thing. There's no, yeah, if you do this, you get to there. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. For a lot of people, they have to take little diversions along the way. And some of them yeah. have to take a lot of diversions. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, a really interesting series. How did you think... It went yourself. I thought it was it was brilliant. I thought we had different people, different industries um, told. It didn't really overlap with the with season one. Um, mm. We've had people in retail, people with creative skills as well. Probably a bit more creativity in this yeah. second series, I'd say. Yeah. A lot of personal skills as well from Tony's photography, Liam's magic. Yeah. Um, you had Hilary Rose's acting. Yeah, of course, yeah. Nora with her sense of smell. Yeah, yeah. So very unique skills that aren't so common we've had in this season, which was very interesting. And people who have made a living from stuff that other people would maybe love to do. Yeah. Like if you think about like Hilary being an actress, making perfumes, Nora, yeah. like, you know, they're things that people would, you know, even magic, you know, yeah. like they're kind of, I'd love to do it, but I wouldn't know even know where to start. You know, there was yeah. those type of things. A sense of nervousness or reservations behind those industries from some people to think, I'd love to do it, but I'd be a bit afraid or yeah. what if it doesn't work? Yeah. But what if it does? Yeah. So we've had those stories from those guests. And actually, if you think about Nora and Liam, they both started in other things. Yeah. Like it wasn't that Liam woke up as a 10-year-old and was a magician. It <laughs> yeah. actually came to him later in life. Yeah. And Nora had this kind of passion for perfume when she was a kid because she had a relative living in New York working for a big yeah. cosmetic firm and used to send stuff in the post but actually didn't set it up as a business until her family were growing up. Yeah. You know, they had the electrical yeah. uh, store down in Yall so yeah. she was coming from a total different industry yeah. um, with different skills and knowledge and then just used her own interest from a child to pursue what she really wanted to do. Yeah. Same yeah. with Liam because he had the bike shop. The bike shop, like a lot of people wouldn't associate Liam with owning his own bike shop and like he said he struggled in school as well. Yeah, you know which what I mean? was interesting. And that actually came up a few times 
Yeah. Because uh, Tom Cotter said the same. Yeah, from Ocean Or. And only discovered later in life that he had, uh, he was dyslexic. Yeah. And actually Liam kind of said something similar. So there was, a, it's funny how some people have similar things going on, mm-hmm. but then go on different routes, different, but yeah. that entrepreneurial mindset is there. It's the common ground really, is the common it? ground. And perseverance to pursue yeah. something that you're really, really passionate about and just kind of blend the two together. Yeah. But the other one like that was, was Alana. I mean, yeah. Alana was an artist, gave it up. Yeah. Went down an academic route, but then went back to art again. Loved Alana's story. You know, fascinating yeah. story. I mean, she she was on the cusp of, of fame, but didn't like it because it just got a bit too weird for her and people were approaching her and she just felt that this isn't for her. She really was like celebrity status after the Frank Zappa quilt and... Didn't she say what she wanted to be a famous artist? Yeah. She yeah. got what she wanted and then she realised, not for me. Yeah. So And now she's detour. back on the journey again. No, yeah. I, I don't know whether she wants to be famous. I just got the sense that she's back in a happy place and she wants to celebrate, I suppose, people over the age of 75 is what she said, yeah. wasn't it? This kind of, there's no, like they have so many great stories. And we've heard that ourselves. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Tony's story was one of the best stories we've heard in terms of because, yeah. I mean, you know, we saw how emotional he got when he was talking about his mother. And that, mm-hmm. like, when you think about there was uh, over 60 years between when that happened and now, and it still was with him. But, like, he, he was going around with the royal family and, you politicians, know, politicians, Lord Mayors, yeah, like, T-shirts. he's got to... He said he got to take photographs of, of the two Cork Taoiseachs, Jack Lynch and then Michal Martin last year as well. So like, you know, and there was over 40 years in between those two uh, Taoiseachs as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, the grade and we had a good few of those in the last series as well. So it was nice to bring somebody like Tony in, but then Alan as well. Yeah. She was celebrating her 70th. I think she actually has uh, in recent weeks after the podcast. So it's nice. Um, but on the flip side of that, then we did have Shauna, who was younger. Yeah, and Shauna was in her early 20s. It's kind of reminiscent of um, Emma from Final Bend as Without well. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, you know, launching her career through social media, whereas although Emma was um, selling her clothes through TikTok, Shauna was doing makeup and tutorials yeah. and then that kind of launched her into creative content. Then it was cool to get an insight into the background of what she does behind the scenes because I think when you do see content creators but she does her marketing she does the creating she does the branding she yeah. does the negotiations her her PR so although we see on TikTok or Instagram the videos and the images and stuff there's a lot going on behind the scenes and she's huge doing amount, it all Huge amount and I think you know people can be very dismissive of of content creators but she works hard at it as well. She does. You could see that. like, And, and it's resulted then into other opportunities like presenting events. Yeah. And she was talking about that, you know, which is which is kind of cool. And that whole events industry is is massive. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, uh, w- we had Kieran who built a whole business off the back of events. And, and like, mm-hmm. that wasn't her plan initially. If yeah. you think about it, that was an interesting moment. Kira as well, you know, where... She had been in other industries. She didn't want to work in big multinationals and stuff. All yeah. her friends that did the degree together, they went off mm-hmm. working with KPMGs and all these type yeah. of delights and all that. She didn't want that. She didn't, she wanted to kind of do something different. 
and it was the advice her father gave her that time. Yeah. You know, she was offered a master's, I think. And then she was like, will I do a master's or will I travel? And she says, he says, well, you'll get a master's in life or you'll get a master's in education. I I just thought that that. was a great quote from her father. Yeah. Just brilliant. Absolutely loved it. And And she did. It worked in her favour in the end. She did what she wanted to do, travelling. And then she returned back to business. And she probably built up those people skills as well because she's a great way mm-hmm. about her. Yeah. And, and I'd say you need that for that industry. You know, yeah. like you're constantly going out there, understanding who people are. You're listening to them, then you're selling to them. And, um, but crazy as well in terms of that stuff with the, um, what was it, uh, wife carrying or something through the mud and oh, all yeah. this kind of stuff <laughs> with her friends. Yeah, her marketing strategy yeah. of um, going to, to Finland, was it Norway it? or Finland? I yeah. think it was Finland, yeah. Um, to take part in the wife carrying competition and taking the minivan over from Ireland, travelling across Europe with her friends to take part in it. And this was before social media, mm-hmm. so they literally had it on a camcorder. It's crazy. So and then they used to upload it every day or something to yeah. YouTube or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, Sitting in an internet cafe. Yeah. Kids no, today won't understand. No the Instagram struggles. live or TikToks or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like that marketing strategy with her with her business and stuff, and she got huge recognition for it. Now she won an award as well for did, yeah. ef- best effort. Yeah. So she definitely did get a master's in life in that. So that was really interesting into to hearing how she got on with that. And it was, you know, those type of people skills as well. That was kind of something that Seamus Leahy brought up. And like Seamus has kind of changed career a bit over the years. I mean, he's gone mm-hmm. from retail into events into no running his own hotel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like he he spoke about his time working with the Kilkenny Group, working for Trabulgan, given offered a job, I think it was in Italy or somewhere. And he, oh, he yeah, decided he not take to take it. Because he just didn't have the Italian. Yeah. And he was like, no, thank you. No, yeah. And uh, instead, he stayed stayed in Cork. Like it was, it yeah. was interesting, you know. And um, and and to like to walk away from Forte, then, but to take on a new challenge of setting up his own business, mm-hmm. going into partnership with others and stuff like that, and taking over hotels. But a great insight to his marketing mind as well. He's always coming up with new ideas. Yeah. And you know? I think he had a career that had changed the most out of all our guests. And what I liked about him was if he either experienced enough from a job and wanted a new challenge, he wasn't afraid to take that step to go, I'm going to try something new. Yeah, the thing with the golf was interesting where he, w- he didn't like what was happening there and I think he just walked away from it. Yeah, nothing lined up. Nothing lined up. He had moved into a really big role mm-hmm. promoting golf and he had signed up a load of top golfers and all of that and then yeah. it just didn't work out. They didn't go with his plan and he just yeah. like... He said he wouldn't do it today. Like he, like, yeah. But he was just brave, headstrong, maybe a small bit, but yeah. he, was, he took the chance, took risks. You know and what I, I think mean? you get that from a lot of the guests. A lot of people had left big jobs that were on the outside. You were like, God, they have a great job. Why mm. would they leave that? But it's the idea of a new challenge, a new business, new experiences, new skills learning. And I think that was, that's a reoccurring theme with a lot of people this series is that they weren't afraid to make those changes as opposed to just sitting comfortably in where they were. Yeah, sitting sitting back and taking it all in. I mean, Deirdre was interesting in that, you know, she had a nice job with, with I think it was with the examiner mm-hmm. and then she went up to Dublin. She was running um, the creative house for, I think, independent media or something yeah. like that. Um, and she was quite young when she was doing it. Um, and then um, she had her son and she took the brave move of kind of just starting it herself. 
uh, it's not easy. Yeah. And she was trying to juggle life and she said that was the challenge. Yeah. Trying to juggle the life balance, the work-life balance and then bringing people into our home. And, yeah. you know, she was saying <laughs> yeah. that was kind of, it was kind of funny looking yeah. at that kind of startup. Well, when people think of startups, they think of this kind of tech world. What about startups that work from people's houses that are just, in, yeah. you know, the creative mind and stuff. And she wanted to kind of nurture people. So it was really fascinating insight into that world. And also the conversation we had around the whole creativity thing there, I think, and education mm. and the future. Brilliant insights yeah. from, from, from Deirdre on that podcast. Yeah, and she's another person who went back to pursue her her ambition of art and blending art into the workplace. Yeah. It's not all tech. It's not no. all strategies and stuff. She really had a very strong point on the fact that creativity is a necessity in all businesses. Mm, mm. You need to have your creative marketing strategy and your branding and yeah. how you execute it to your audience. And um, that was a very strong um, point she made when she was younger and growing up. It was kind of like kind of art was push, pushed to the side. Yeah, she brought that up. She said that like it wasn't taken serious. And she's kind of like nearly an ambassador to try and get more schools to take it on board and really yeah. push it and be a bit more creative. And um, I think even going back to Alana, she kind of said something similar that people mm. opened up. It didn't matter yeah. what background you were from. People opened up when they, when, when they give them a blank piece of paper and say, be creative, mm-hmm. you know, and they were. Yeah. Uh, and creative skills are, are huge. And actually, it was another thing that was brought up by Eileen, um, Eileen Gleese from the Opera House. Yeah. And she was talking about creativity in, in school and the ability to be able to do music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, I think that has really helped her because she naturally kind of fell into marketing roles, even though yeah. she had studied music. She fell into it because she got into that whole events business and stuff and she was with, in Edinburgh and the festival and then she came back with the, the choir here, the chamber choir. But it started with marketing and then led into this kind of executive role as in director. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she got that great opportunity to go to the States. Yeah, and sing for the Obamas at the White House. And she organised that whole event, bringing the chamber yeah. choir over. And, you know, she was on this kind of... Uh, the Kennedy Centre, this kind of special, kind of like a placement opportunity, but it's a full-time job yeah. for a year or two and um, learned so much from it that she brought those skills back then and mm-hmm. that led her to taking over the Opera House eventually. She went in initially kind of doing some of the marketing assistant yeah. role to the to the, the chief executive and then took the chief executive role. And, um, you know, and another chief executive that we had was the very first episode, Evelyn who had also, if you think about it, similar path, yeah. marketing roles into CEO role. So marketing with the likes of Musgraves and stuff like that. And then took a, a senior marketing role in the Kilkenny group before taking over yeah. as the CEO. It's a huge position to fill. In yeah, life. I think she said, was it 18 shops or something? There, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and their goal to have 80% of their products that they sell being Irish made. You yeah. know, that's a huge... Uh, it's an ambitious target and she yeah. talked about how they're trying to expand overseas and, and you know, it's 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 fascinating to hear the growth of that business mm-hmm. over the years and she was very fond of talking about the lady who built it, the yeah. founders and mm-hmm. even the older stories again from the Christie's in, in Blarney where she had done work experience herself when she was yeah. younger. Oh, it all came around full circle. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so... It's um I think those type of things are are are, are really interesting and 
we had a lot of good business stories, including, I suppose, then whereby you're kind of thrown into the deep end, like Dharma Rusher, who yeah. we got phenomenal feedback. I mean, I, I think we got a lot of new Cork City followers on, on the back of that one because the new owner of Cork City, but yeah. I think what a lot of people didn't know was his backstory. And he came from a huge business. Yeah, but built it with his brother himself. I mean, not saying that his father hadn't built a big business, mm-hmm. but they had built it from his father died young. And um, he was only 23, Yeah, and he was talking about how they f- they, he struggled with that himself for years. And he was talking about that. And himself and his brother, in I, I, they built it from a 300 grand a year business to, I think, 40 or 50 million turnover a year. Like, that's... Yeah. Phenomenal. Unbelievable. To to build it from such a young age and through yeah, he went such the, a difficult yeah. time. And he had no previous experience. So I think his brother was a plumber and he had sales experience from working with somewhere else. Yeah. So he took the commercial side and his, his brother did the operational stuff and between them they built this business. You know, his brother then left the business a few years back and then Dormant kind of sold it up and but he's still involved in a in a kind of a kind of a silent role at this yeah. point. But you know, and it was, it was fascinating to hear his, his, his vision for Cork City as well because, as I said to him, like, you know, nobody makes money off a football club but he yeah. said there's more to life than money. And it's interesting, some of the, the plans that he did mention in the podcast from setting up golfing uh, events and stuff, they're already in yeah, the Yeah, I see him advertised, yeah. So yeah. a lot of the things that he said, he's starting to, to, yeah, to, he's to bring to through, life. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see other um, initiatives that he's going to bring into to build the club. Yeah. Yeah, so that was another interesting jump and change of career and it's a big, big role to fill as well. Yeah. You know. It's 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 a big role. It's a role that puts you in the spotlight as well. You know, in many ways, like when I when I you can't win in those type of scenarios because mm. there's always going to be people criticizing no matter what no matter if you do something good or something bad, they're always going to be given out about something. And that, that can be a challenge. Yeah. And I think we heard that as well from Michael McGrath. What was interesting from him in particular, I thought, was first of all, his, how he became a politician. I mean, he came from very humble beginnings, mm-hmm. but had a curiosity, I think, for how politics worked and worked his way up through college life and stuff like that. And... And I think, you know, the fact that he had this career, he took a risk as well. He walked yeah. away from uh, a very good job, I think, in UCC. Yeah. Walked away from it. Uh, as what did say, a pensionable job as well. has come yeah. up by a few people before. Um, walked away from that to go full-time at it, to canvas, to get elected. And he did. But, like, imagine if he didn't get re-elected. Like, that disaster of a, an yeah. election in 2011 that Fianna Fáil had. If he mm. didn't get re-elected that time, he was back at the start. He went he in young. during a difficult time when the party's yeah. reputation was yeah. at its lowest. Yeah. So he had to go in and he was present from the beginning of trying to rebuild that yeah. the brand, the public perception of the party as well. Yeah. And it's interesting as well, um, even though he did get re-elected and stuff, his role currently goes back to his initial role at Red FM and yeah, UCC financial and control. Finance. No, he's the financial controller yeah. for the country. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny yeah. it went like full swing as well for, yeah. for Michael McGrath. But it's nice to see that we have someone in that role that actually has experience in that day-to-day in that, job. Yeah. You know, but it also, for any of our younger listeners that are listening, like, it's not impossible. You yeah. know, like, you don't have to be born into a family that does all of this type of stuff. Yeah. You know, 
Michael definitely wasn't from, you know, he was the first. His brother has followed him into politics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but worked hard and yeah. um, kept his seat. And he, he said that, like he, like he has to fight for his seat as well. And um, mm-hmm. I think when I asked him about like the social media, what was interesting was he runs his own accounts. He, like he was, I think he said that you're allowed two political appointees, but he didn't mm-hmm. take them for public public relations or anything like that. So yeah. Anytime you see something on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, it's him. It's sincerely from from him, like from yeah. Him. And he said it's important. He said yeah. today it's it's a vital role. And and if you think about when he first started politics, there was no politicians on social media. Yeah. None, not at that time anyway, for sure. You know, so stories are always evolving like that. And it was interesting. You could see, um, you know how how kind of excited he was, even though. He didn't know for certain he was going to be the Minister yeah. for Finance when, when we spoke to him at the start of December, but... It was something that he always wanted, though. It was something that he wanted. And uh, I'm surprised not a lot of people picked up about the fact that I asked him would he be the future leader of the party. I'm surprised no one picked up on that. Maybe they didn't listen to the end, I hope, the, uh, yeah. the political commentators. <laughs> um, because I asked him a question that a lot of people haven't asked him. And yeah. uh, he said he'll wear that up. And yeah. uh, I thought it was a good answer. He talked to his family about it and stuff like that. So I, he didn't say no. He didn't, but he did say that he had to negotiate it with the family. With the family, and I was interested. Take that others into consideration. Yeah, and I think that was an interesting point when he talked about his kids and all of that kind of stuff as well. Because people yeah. forget about the personal side of uh, and not being there all the time. Yeah, and how social media can yeah impact if, him as well. That yeah. like you know people say things about you, and yeah, uh, your kids can pick up on it as well. You know. You are human at the end of the day behind the political yeah, stance. He is yeah. a human being and he did mention that. And, you know, he's a family man as well at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's something people need to take into consideration as well. Like, Yeah, and that, like that family piece is interesting because um, when we had Eleanor on for the second episode, you know, Eleanor had this brilliant career and, and great stories about the radio industry. Yeah, yeah. But then to change it all and, and to write a book and to take the chance because you you know people say are, yeah. you know are you okay like why well, you're writing the book or something you know like people yeah. you know people will say things like that and the fact that the story kind of has a bit of fact in her own life mm-hmm. there was similarities and like I said to her like did you talk to your family about it because you know uh, yeah. uh, uh, there was a girl in it she had a daughter there was uh, the, the husband strays in the book or something yeah. and I said like did you talk to the husband about that like <laughs> you know like and it's not she yeah. said it's not about him Yeah, you yeah. know but you know so but obviously inspired by other people but it, like when you're when you're going down those roads you mm. have to consider other people as well you know and that was something that was brought up a few times you know over a couple of the episodes like Alana spoke how she ended up in 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 Cork, you, you know, it was a trip herself and and her oh, wife, yeah. and then you know we were talking about that whole personal side of you know the marriage referendum and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and how she was she felt she she, she got married about five times, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but like even though this is a business podcast, there's a lot of personal stories come up. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed Alana's story. Now it was funny how they were just traveling yeah, in the car and yeah. the next thing, I'd like to live here. And then her partner saying, well, you organise it so and I'll move. Yeah. And they live here now for how many years? 20 odd? 20 or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. living here. And so, yeah, you do have to take those leaps in your career, but also they have mm. 
there on the back of there's someone behind you. So there's always people supporting you and stuff. There was a lot of travel stories, actually. I mean, Judy went out to um, Hollywood. She went out to Puerto Hollywood, Rico. Know, Costa Rica. How the hell did they end up in Costa Rica? And like, then she ended up living in a, a mobile home in Kerry to do her college course. It was yeah. so funny. Like, mad kind of stuff, but brilliant. Like, she ended yeah. up presenting a TV show in Costa Rica. Yeah. But it was for a betting company or something like that. Like, yeah. But it's all these different challenges and opportunities. And it was like Tom Cotter went to Australia. And ends up running like uh, some sort of kind of, I think, surfing club or something, something along those lines, uh, uh, yeah. uh, an activities centre or something like that. Yeah. And like he's young at the time, he's doing yeah. well for himself. And then they made the decision to come home. They could have easily stayed there. They could have, yeah. They kind of left it all behind. They were both doing well himself and, mm-hmm. his, and his now wife were both doing well over there and came back. And then he was saying like he was he was talking about like he was delighted he did because unfortunately for, like his mother passed away yeah. so, but like mm. he, he was able to kind of spend time with her. Yeah, he before, was fortunate there. And then he set up his own business mm. that was kind of linked with that industry in the whole yeah. kind of I suppose initially it was software and you know like you know what they call the rasher vests and then it's gone into you know um, an international market international now. business luxury you know one of the best stories as well we're talking about the dads need to get a, a good oh, bit of credit yeah. here his dad giving yeah. him his credit card to go on a flight uh, to meet the person from um, uh, Richard Branson's island there Necker Island over in London because yeah. they wanted to make sure that he was a real person Yeah, and Thomas Business was on the verge of basically being shut up it like, had plateaued you know, at that stage it had plateaued and now it's now it's expanded and um, meeting another business mm-hmm. partner and unfortunately then a person that they had worked with over in um, Latvia passed away he was mm-hmm. a guy based out of I think uh, Australia New Zealand or something like that Yeah, and then he's looking after all the staff and they're taking over that business and, and actually yeah. I only saw in the last couple of days there was Tom over in Necker Island for the first time lovely you know if you've seen that post on social go back and listen to the full story uh, yeah. on the podcast it was like ju- just they're just amazing stories like you know uh, you know who would have thought that you'd have a podcast that mentions like Richard Branson and Barack Obama and you know Michael like, Jackson yeah Michael Jackson from like, Liam's I mean, story which was one of my favourites I mean when when Liam said that he got the call to do that I mean he he knew the guy that owned the Black, Blackwater Castle he was a friend of his yeah but he didn't tell him who he was and, and like he said like that yeah. fella looks like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. That's because he is. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me before I came down? I couldn't. You know, you know And so next thing funny. He's, he, he entertains him for three weeks. Yeah. Absolutely amazing that you'd hear someone so local have such close proximity to Michael Jackson like one of the biggest yeah. icons ever. What I loved about Liam as well was his honesty as well. Like he said, there was people, he said he's mentioned in books and all that. Like he mm. said, people making him out that I'm, that I was his best friends like when early yeah. in school together. Kind of yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's amazing. Yeah. People will exaggerate stories as well. Yeah. But he said, oh, he kept it a secret and then it just broke after yeah. Michael Jackson passed. Like, you know. Yeah. And that's huge respect as well for him in his industry that he was like, this is my job. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not here for this fame and glory and stuff. And it, this is my client. Yeah. So he really respected that. But I think like Tom now, Tom's story and Liam's really do kind of coincide because while they didn't know what they wanted to do in school, they kind of had that passion like Tom for like um, 
water sports and Liam for his uh, magic and they just pursued it but they had their family behind them as well to they support did, yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Like Liam uh, practising all the tricks on his family and yeah. stuff. And, and they both went through personal tragedies as well. There was a common, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting how there is common threads between people. You know what I mean? That, that there is that kind of uh, commonality uh, yeah. with people as well. Like, and the journeys people are on, are, you know, are yeah. fascinating. Like, you, like, you know, people start off at one thing and they finish up with something completely, yeah, completely different. Like, and it's not smooth sailing either. At the same time, no. it's not a breeze for anyone that's been on the show. It's been there's been hardships, there's been career changes, um, different paths taken, you know, obstacles as well. Where the business they're running is, um, in threat and stuff. But like they all Failed just businesses got through as it. well. Like, like yeah. I, I thought the honesty of Joe Kelly on the last podcast was really interesting in terms of. He said he had been three, through three of them nearly. Yeah. He said it by the time I got the COVID, he said it, it actually it didn't bother him anymore because he said I'd yeah. been through so many things already. So he had already kind of said he was kind of ousted from his business when he was mm-hmm. involved in. Uh, he said the kind of the the Savoy, the, the bodega and stuff yeah. like that, and he had he had gone through a, a tough time there. He talked about you know there was a court case and it went mm-hmm. on for a while, and he kind of went away for a while. Yeah, you know by himself. Then came back, got involved in the 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 pav with Stevie and, and Pat from the lobby, and then he said that first year they were so far behind that they never really caught up, and actually eventually yeah. had to close it. And he said they lost a lot of money out of it during the recession yeah, as well. It was yeah. an awful time. So in twenty fourteen, when they closed the doors there, that was a that was mm-hmm. another challenge for him. And then he started again, and of course, when when everything goes into lockdown, his whole business's event was shut down. But it didn't stop him. He's he's kind of yeah keeps going. He uh, Joe was kind of another fella, a bit like Seamus, reinvented himself. Yeah, and he had to in over over the years. And the thing that has come back as well is they both have similar feedback in terms of when I look at the comments underneath some of his posts when mm-hmm. I put up on social, they're all saying unbelievable, and it's people that worked with them, staff, yeah, and stuff like that, are very fond of them. Always probably had their back or something like that. Yeah. Because people like that, like, you know, I suppose they're resilient. And I know it, yeah. Evelyn brought that up as her skill, you know, uh, you know, in, in when I asked the, what skill is essential for the industry and she brought mm-hmm. that bit up. And and I think, but a lot of them had it, but didn't mention it. You know, yeah. that kind of ability to kind of shrug something off and drive on again. Paul Gallagher the same. He said, you know, Paul in the retail business I mean, he had a couple of setbacks, but what was fascinating about him is he started off going around door to door, you know, <laughs> going around knocking at people's doors <laughs> yeah. and collecting the few bob or whatever. And the next thing, yeah. he's opening gasoline and he's having cars out and yeah. inside in the shop and everything and rock and jury and music. Rock and, and jury, yeah. You know, and... And now he's like the head of Sketches of Ireland, which is yeah. a huge leap. And won awards for being their best franchise and... um. You know, it's a great story, and and mm. and he's not stopped either. I mean, you can. He's still going. Yeah, he's still going. He's 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 always thinking about what's next. Yeah, you know, this is the next step. You know, yeah. and um, that's that's the other thing is as well is like no, none of them were kind of. What would you say, Asher and Grant? No, no one. That's, is slowing I don't down. think any of the guests that I've had have ever said. I'll slow down now, I'll take it easy. No, not even Tony considering not, no, his age no. and all the stuff that he's achieved. He's still working with the Cork City Sports. 
And then he said, I take the odd few pictures of people the odd time if I know them and yeah. if they want a photographer, he does it. So yeah. even in his age and same with Alana in her age. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still, still planning. Going. She has a plan to take over that one of the cathedrals in Italy there and have her <laughs> yeah. walk all over the place. Yeah. Why not? So there's no stopping any of the guests. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that, that was one thing I got from Paul as well. Like he, he kept on bringing up about kind of motivational speeches from mm. from like rugby coaches and stuff like that. Next up, he I yeah. remember him saying that like he said about like there was a lot of players missing from some team and he said, next up, we have yeah. to move on. We can't wait. And yeah. I thought that was, you know, that's his, his, his mindset. Yeah, we have a problem, whatever. That was, so, that's over with. Yeah. What's next? Exactly, yeah. We can't dwell on it too long because if we do, we'll end up getting caught up in it. Exactly, yeah. You know? Mm. And um, it was the same kind of way with, with, with Kevin Horley as well. Like, I mean, he was one of the kind of rare kind of family businesses we had in this mm-hmm. this one. We've, we had a few in series one, but Kevin kind of, what started with, with one shop, but like, it was great to hear the backstory of his, his mother and father setting yeah. up the little shop in Corraheen to now having, I think it's eight, eight shops, but like having the one in Patrick Street, Grand Parade, Oliver Plunkett Street. Yeah. You know. The Corraheen one's still going. Corraheen and like, making all their own stuff now, having their own bakery and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And like, but plans to expand it even more. Yeah. 300 staff as well, mm. I think, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. yeah. And he got the call to kind of come back into the family business as such. He was going to go yeah. off into the world of hospitality. Exactly, yeah. And come back. back. We need you in the shop. Yeah. One of the most amazing stories that he gave though, which I found was a fascinating concept, was him also becoming a landlord to his staff. Yeah. To ensure that he's got good quality staff. And obviously with the housing crisis at the moment, it's really difficult for people to find homes and long term mm-hmm. leases and stuff. Yeah. And he wanted to ensure that the staff he had, which were really skilled and trained, yeah. would stay with him. Yeah. And he came up with that concept. Great. It's like, do you know what? It's 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 innovative as well. It's an innovative yeah. approach. Not easy either no, to do. No. And... There also there's also a sense of he cares about people that work for him. Yeah, and you could hear that in his voice when he's talking about them as well. Yeah, that he actually no, they're like he's genuinely interested in what they do in their life and mm-hmm. so on. And you know there was similar kind of vibes without a doubt. And I mean, what the guy has done for people in this country is phenomenal. From Graham, um, Graham Clifford. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of sanctuary runners, like it is what inclusion is all about. And inclusion yeah. isn't just one side and looking after one. It's about bringing different communities together. Yeah. Why he spoke about there is both have their issues mm-hmm. on both sides. Like he said, people from international backgrounds can often stick together and forget to immerse themselves in local culture. And the locals often look at them as, I don't know any of them, so I won't talk to them. Yeah. And like he's brought them together in in a simple way, first of all, with the running I know it's gone into singing and, and the swimming and the swimming like like it's a great concept yeah yeah you know um, and all that came out of him writing stories because he was a great journalist mm-hmm. broadcaster and to leave that then as well but use his skills from what he learned and integrating with other cultures and people yeah. to create that and that was our first charity as well it was yeah on yeah. the podcast yeah. um, and it's a great local story that has evolved it's gone out of Cork as well. Way out of Cork now. Yeah. It's, it's all over the country now. And yeah. and I think 
in the next couple of years, even though it was set up to bring people together, I think it's also going to probably showcase great athletes as well because what will happen mm. is families will get into running or they'll get into swimming yeah. and all of a sudden they discover there's someone there that has a talent yeah. and away they go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, that's... And, you know, talent is uh, is important and, I mean, when we spoke to Hilary Rose about her talents, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that. Her, her creative space started in DJing first. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... And I remember, I said that to her, I remember as a DJ and then all of a sudden I see her on TV mm. and the improv first with a couple of TV shows but like yeah. the, the success of The Young Offenders and it was interesting because yeah. she kept that quiet when she was in the studio. Yeah, she did. That they were about to film something big. She said she had a new project coming new up. Project. She can't talk about it at the in moment. In other words, it's a, series it's, it's four. One. Yeah. <laughs> series four of the podcast came up and uh, yeah, so we got her just before they started filming yeah. that. So, but it was brilliant to hear the mm-hmm. whole story of the film, the people coming together, you yeah. know, you know, and and then her ambitions to do more than just being uh, an actor as well in terms of um, having her own podcast and getting into that whole wellness vibe and wellness, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's um, she's really into it. It's a passion of hers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like there's, you know, really, really, you know, fascinating to have those creative minds a bit like Elana, a bit like Shauna for a different type of thing a bit like you know Eileen there was a lot of creative mm. minds there I would, I yeah. would you know Seamus Lee he's a very creative person as well I was coming up with gimmicks to kind of get yeah. attention for the different mm. brands he's run over the years as well John as well with Spike Island oh yeah and I mean that re- like he revamped that when yeah. he was there and you could see his passion for history yeah and um, it was like the dream job because he had gone into mm. this whole... Again, he was another guy that completely changed industry. He struggled, actually. He dropped out of college. Yeah. Struggled. Went into retail. Went over to England, Wales, actually, I think. Worked for Sainsbury's. And um, worked, his, worked his way role. up. Yeah. yeah. And nearly probably took a backward step to go into something that he was really interested in. Yeah. You know, in terms... He could have probably gone up higher up the ladder in Sainsbury's. Mm-hmm. But came back because he was always interested in historical projects and stuff like that and yeah. when he saw the job for Spike he went after it and now working for um, We Are Cork yeah working for the Cork, Cork City Council and you know and um, kind of merging the two yeah merging the two merging I suppose his, I suppose it's the the historic nature of the I suppose the city the county as well and um, the culture but also thinking of people as, as yeah, the client yeah yeah. So in a sense using that his customers are the people yeah. of Cork. The people of Cork. How does he get them yeah. in but also people from outside to live and yeah. stay or visit. And like speaking of Cork it was great to have Seamus Heaney on as well who was the head of Visit Cork or yeah. Pure Cork as, as they're, they're branded. Um, yeah. But Seamus like he was you could see that he was so passionate about developing the city as a, as a tourist yeah. destination and the county as well. Mm-hmm. And um you know, he has extensive knowledge, having worked in the whole uh, hospitality sector for years and even he had to talk about that whole thing with the Kings League getting flooded and all of that. Oh, and yeah. It wasn't easy. No, it was not, not a person who had a, a big setback. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, that was an awful time. You know, and but came through it all and has done amazing stuff with that brand and, and now is on a global mission to get us mm-hmm. recognised. And I think people have to admire that as well because... You know, we're all in our own little bubbles, but ultimately we yeah. do need people to visit us. We do need yeah. people to come in 
you know, and 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 I'm sure that's that's exactly how like Savannah found us. You know, I yeah. mean, like if no one's telling the story of Cork overseas, how did they end up here? Yeah, and I know. Uh, the secret's probably out. This podcast, like, is very biased towards Cork. Like, <laughs> it's not, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> no, we've had people not from Cork living in Cork because Graham is not from Cork; he's from Kerry. Joe, Joe is from Galway. Elan is from the states. Yeah, you know. So, like, there's, you know, there was there was people from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, John is actually from Waterford. Oh yeah, you know. So there mm. was people. So we're not we're not like saying that just because you're from somewhere else on your birth so <laughs> That yeah. you know. Um, they and we are we are home. open. I suppose the thing is, we've we've in this series again we've met everyone face to face, and yeah. I've tried to keep it that way. And obviously that can be a challenge for some people who come from different parts of the country or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know. Um, but I think it's important because. People are relaxed. They're not reading yeah. off scripts. Yeah. You know, I know I've said it before, but there is no questions. Like, there's, it, it's just a chat. The idea is I want to hear the story as if I met you for the first time. And some people I wouldn't have met for a while. Yeah. But, you know, um, and then all of a sudden you're kind of finding out what's been going on with them uh, yeah. for the last few years. It's like, yeah. Life was on pause and some people know me from my time in Fota, Red FM or, or whatever. Or Sir Henry. Yeah, Sir Henry. That's even further back. So far back. Yeah. I, uh, a know. lot of people knew you from Sir Henry's now. Yeah, yeah. And that whole scene. And as Joe has said, there's different chapters of your life. And like he felt even when he was talking about Henry's, that was a chapter and then that closed and then there was mm-hmm. a new chapter. And, and there is, and I've always said that myself. I, I think everyone has a number of chapters Yeah. in their life, you know. And this series as well. So I was looking at some of the stats around it. So we have over a day's content. No, if you have suffered with insomnia and you want to stay up all day and listen to it, <laughs> you, you can. Yeah. There's 25 hours plus of content there from this series yeah. alone. So just, I think there's two days worth of content between the two series. Uh, this series, I had my first student in Shauna. Pat was also a student as well. So yeah. there was two. I don't know, is there a third? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Oh, she- sorry. Andrew. Andrew Whitaker. Ah, Andrew. Anna. That's the third one. Andrew, actually, I knew we were, there were so many names that you're trying to remember everyone. And Andrew's story, what I loved about Andrew, he's probably the biggest risk taker of all. Yeah. I mean, Andrew walked away from, from the a- family business, one of the biggest businesses in Cork, one of yeah. the oldest businesses in Cork, in Johnson and Perrot, mm. and decided, no, I want to prove that I can do it myself. Like, I just thought... And a total different industry as well. That is brave. You know, like, when you think about someone that is willing to just risk it all to make a name for themselves, but in many ways, it's the entrepreneurial mindset that existed in his family for for de- de- decades, centuries. Yeah, centuries, centuries at this stage. Yeah. You know, and it was really interesting to hear the backstory of of Johnson and Perrot and stuff like that as well. So yeah. that was great to have an old nostalgic brand as well in amongst that story yeah. as well. Yeah. You know? Um, so like we've had great, great stories. So like as I said, 25 hours uh, of content. The other thing is in this series, we've had mm-hmm. 51 different countries because people think it's just people from Cork listening. It's not. Even though it's a bit biased from Cork. Yeah. <laughs> it's... 
not exclusive to Cork by no, no means in terms of the listener base. In fact, no, the IP addresses could be quite wrong, but it, it tells me that there's more listeners in Dublin. I'm not 100% sure on that because mm-hmm. the way the internet works and stuff like that, those devices could be from Cork. But where it is never wrong is countries. Yeah. And it's fascinating to see where the listeners are they're coming from. 51 in this series in total we have been listened to in 76 different countries. No, That's amazing. I had one person told me they listened to it uh, an episode in the airport in Costa Rica. So and I went back and I looked and I could see <laughs> yeah they're telling me the yeah, truth. Yeah. Mr. Rob Horgan from uh, series one oh, from right, Velo Rob. Coffee who's nice obviously Rob. doing a bit of research for coffee out there yeah. I imagine. Um, but yeah so um, yeah, he said he listened out there while he was in the airport, and um, all continents reached, which was cool. All continents reached, and some some unusual spots as well. Like you know, there's really interesting destinations. But I think so. It's fifty one in this series, and we're up to seventy six countries in total now. Um, that'd be like that's that's yeah. probably a quarter of the planet. I don't know. Like there, there about nearly uh, half. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know the countries from the World Cup. They're yeah. the qualifiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the Olympics. Yeah. You'd hear of some countries. Um, where are they from? Where are they, where are yeah. they from? Uh, yeah, so hopefully season three now we'll tick off a few more boxes. Uh, yeah. Colouring the map a bit. Yeah. We're nearly after taking over South America. Yeah. Europe nearly. as well. Europe, yeah. No, Europe is looking good. Europe is looking um, good. We've uh, even reached Iceland. Yeah, well, if you, which is an interesting one for me. A lot of the Caribbean islands as well. Yeah, yeah, which was interesting, and a couple of the islands in the uh, kind of South Pacific that area as well. Um, so, yeah, there's been interesting things, and I so I looked at it as well, and the top ten cities outside of Ireland. Do you know any of them? Do you want to have a mm, guess? Okay, I will guess. Okay, only basing off the ones that are. Big hitters. I'm going to say New York is there. No. <gasps> yeah, which I surprised oh, as well, what? to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You did mention before, was there Texas or Florida? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Te- Texas is there, I'll tell you. No, no. I think the problem with New York is that it's broken into regions. Oh, the regions. Yeah, okay. So maybe if we added them up together, like the Bronx. I know there was definitely people listening from the Bronx yeah. this year. And there was one or two listening to Brooklyn as well Maine as well I think yeah so like there's there's places like that but it was it's fascinating to, to see the top 10 anyone so not New York I'm any other guess Sydney Melbourne Australia's big London yeah. London yeah that's in there yeah um, so London and Sydney are there yeah <gasps> Melbourne isn't oh okay there's been a few uh, unusual ones will I tell you where the top 10 Wellington, no. New Zealand comes up a bit, but not not in the top 10. Okay, go on. So, so in a 10th place, okay? Yeah. And by the way, anyone listening to this now, if you're from these places and you've listened a few times, please get in touch. Yeah. Okay? Send us a message. You know, send us an email, stephen at 24stories.ie. Send, send me something. Just say, look, that's me. I'm, You know, I, I listen... Tell me the backstory, what what got you into it? Because I'd love that, and I'd love to tell the story in the future That'd as well. Cool, That'd yeah. be kind of cool. So, in a tent place is Peterborough. No, not in the UK. Okay. What no, I that? didn't even know. It's Peterborough in Canada. Okay, it's thirty miles north of uh, Toronto or something. Okay, cool. Okay, so I don't I'm know guessing, anyone out there. 
I don't know anyone there either but I'm guessing there's one person up there maybe or two or three yeah. people I don't know maybe there's <laughs> yeah. a family from Cork up there or maybe yeah. someone that was connected to someone to and, and listened to one episode and just maybe yeah. subscribed I'm, I'm guessing the next one is Brisbane so okay. all oh, the way down Australia yeah in an eighth place is Sydney okay got okay, that so yeah. you got that one mm. so Sydney is there in at seventh place is in Spain and we go to Barcelona okay I remember that yeah so Barcelona is is the top Spanish place the only Spanish one in the top 10 the next one is another interesting one it's Ashburn no not in County Mead it's, so it's not pronounced that's the American one so I was this is in Virginia 30 miles north I think of Washington D.C. Mm. So unless the Bidens or something listening, I don't know. maybe somebody from the Kennedy Center or something that was listening yeah. to me, I don't know. Um, so that's that's there. Above that, and it's a recent one, um, that seems to be getting in the last couple of weeks getting a lot of hits from this area in particular, is in Germany in Frankfurt. Mm. Maybe ahead of the new new uh, does a new Cork to Frankfurt flight coming back. Maybe okay. someone is checking out stories from Cork or something. They're trying yeah. to get business travel. I don't know. Um, in uh, where are we now so in t- fourth uh, fourth place is London okay. which I actually thought could be near near the top I'm surprised that London is the only place in the top 10 in the UK yeah because there's people from Newcastle you would think and all that stuff Manchester, Manchester Glasgow Edinburgh but um, no other cities around the world are, are doing better in third place and since the very start this has always been there and it's the top European city outside of Ireland is Brussels so I'm thinking yeah. maybe the EU Parliament or something I, I'm not sure yeah. people co- from a home lot of, heading over yeah there's a lot of people working in kind of politics and stuff over there as yeah, well yeah there's a hub there's a hub um, in second place you kind of mentioned it it is in Texas it's called Richardson oh. so um, that's the second yeah. so in the US and in first place and what I'm fascinated about this is in this place, there's only 3,000 and something people living there, okay? So, okay. by process of elimination, we should be able to find the people yeah. that are listening to the podcast. There's a place called Boardman in Oregon. Okay. okay. So, if anybody knows who's listening in Boardman in Oregon. A population of 3,000 people. They're like super fans. Yeah. Like, if that was in Ireland, you'd know the whole yeah. town. I looked up, they did have a Patrick's Day Parade Festival, all right, but I was right, looking okay. up and... There was nobody mentioned from Cork or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was something else. Maybe maybe it was someone that has a little micro brewery that listened to the first episode with Shane mm-hmm. Long and stayed listening. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating to see that all those... Like some of those cities are actually doing better than places in this country. Actually, I think three or four of them will be in the top 10 overall. Which is mad if you think about it. So Boardman will be in the top 10 locations worldwide, including the Irish market, for yeah. listening. There's more people listening in Boardman than I think there is listening in, in I think, Killarney or Tralee or in, like, Waterford. So it would be great if anyone listening there from those country, um, those towns mentioned, yeah. if they got in touch either on Instagram as well as Stephen gave his email there. Yeah. Let us know who you are. Are you from Ireland? Or are you from... Yeah. The town you're listening into yeah. and how did you find us? Yeah. Be great to find out. And the other thing is as well, if you're listening to this, you know, we've now gone through 48 guests. I mean, if there's someone that you think that we haven't spoke to, let us know. 
Yeah. Maybe there's someone and it doesn't have to be a famous person because yeah. some of the best stories we've heard are people that nobody wouldn't have known. Yeah. And they go under the radar. Yeah. And they have done phenomenal things in life. And I think everybody has a story. And so if you have one, definitely reach out. Um, or maybe it's someone who's retired even. Yeah, that would be a great show. Someone who was maybe or walked away from the businesses mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, or they built a brand and then they went into something else. Yeah. Um, so anything like that. I mean, if there's somebody out there that you think deserves, you know, recognition, recognition. for what they've done. Or, or, or you has think, a story to tell. Yeah, and that other people could learn from because that's yeah. one of the most important things. Because I said, you know, I want to help educate people, inspire yeah. people. And that's what these individuals are doing you know yeah. and um, the the feedback from social and stuff like that I remember being at an event in February and the amount of people that just kept on saying oh, I listened to this person and that podcast and that person and that yeah. and like it was it was great to hear that yeah. so many people are getting so much out of it and mm-hmm. it's one of the top things that people say to me all the time you know oh, I, so, I love that episode about such a person yeah. you know I, I'm walking down the street and someone's talking to me about it or, or whatever so it's it's great to hear and um, the the other thing is hopefully this summer we'll have the first live version as well so that's the, that's the goal and yeah that'd be brilliant watch the spaces this yeah. year but <laughs> the plan is definitely to have yeah. a live one um, how that evolves we're still trying to figure that part out but we definitely yeah. will, will be live and to get and, some audience interaction yeah. if they have any questions that they have from guests yeah um, to engage with and uh, be great to meet people. Yeah, no, it's been um, you know, it's been brilliant. Um, and uh, I think to to wrap it up, I think thanks to all the listeners. You know, Absolutely. so all those people in those places, fantastic. You. But you know, um, but also the people living in like Cahar Savine and Ballydehab and <laughs> yeah. Leitrim and yeah. you know all, you, you all count as well you don't have to yeah. be from an exotic location yeah exactly you know and to the guests for coming on and sharing their stories and great yeah. learning from them um, but before we do wrap up I know you said the show is to inspire and educate people yeah is there any piece from the podcast this series you got great education from or is there any guest or story that stands out that you were like I've learned something from that I think people taking a chance. I think I mentioned it there a while ago. I think um, I think Andrew was a real, mm-hmm. real one, and I think even Tom flying over that time. Yeah. You know, I think you know believing in yourself. Um, um, I think um, a lot of the stuff around uh, creativity that Deirdre talked about as mm-hmm. well. I thought was was fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, you know, um. And I think the one thing that I got was that the amount of people that had this kind of great way with individuals, mm-hmm. people skills. Yeah. And um, I'm always a believer in networking anyway, but they kind of reinforced that thought. Yeah. That don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid yeah. to knock on doors either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no such thing as a bad question as they say and that, yeah. that definitely kind of came up a few times it did it did yeah you know and I think that's that's the one thing and that you're always learning you mm-hmm. know that you you can always kind of take that extra bit of a risk that yeah. ultimately maybe it's not a risk at all what's the worst that can happen yeah you know that's exactly yeah you know if you trust yourself you know so there was a few guests like that that they kind of had that kind of I'm not saying 
rash risk taking, but they did take a chance on mm-hmm. themselves. They they bet on themselves. Yeah, that's the main thing. Is you there know? anyone who inspired you in particular? I think you'd have to be you'd have to be inspired by the story of, of Michael McGrath going from, you know, I suppose a humble beginning. Mm-hmm. Um you know, wasn't from a well to do family or anything like that and to end up chasing his dream, working really hard for it and ended up as the Minister for Finance. I mean he got yeah. it he like he got the ultimate job that he wanted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I, like that's that's a like brilliant. You know mm. what I mean? And I, I, I you have to admire people like that and um to get to get that far. Yeah, uh, and it, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's not finished, but like that—that mm. that to me is, you know, definitely it's it's inspiring because it means that that's the one thing I love about this country mm-hmm. as well. It doesn't matter who you are, you can go all the way to the top. Yeah, and we've seen people who had come from humble beginnings rise all the way yeah. in business to the top mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, you know, like it—it it doesn't matter. We all come from different backgrounds, different scenarios. Mm-hmm. If you work hard, if you believe in yourself, you can get there. And and yeah. I, so, though that type of story is 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 brilliant because I think that, especially I know we have younger listeners as well, mm-hmm. as in eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year olds, and sometimes they're listening and that type of thing can, can yeah. really kind of oh yeah I can do it, or they set up a business like Dormit did and go from three hundred grand to fifty million a year. Yeah, pro- like. Despite the obstacles and challenges, just to persevere and yeah, be persistent. Everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's um, it's fascinating, you know, or someone to take a chance on themselves acting, and the next thing they're on the top show on the BBC, you know, and Hillary, like I mean, yeah. it, you know, and no matter how old you are as well, you know that you can still do it. You know, Elan has gone back into her first passion. Tony's still doing his. You it's know? never too late. It's never too late. You know, and and I think that's important as well. Yeah. You know, and um, they all had something. Like, they did. I, I, they like did. it's very hard to say. It is hard to pick one. It's I know hard it was to a, pick, it was pick a tricky. One it was a tricky yeah. question. Um, but it's, no, they were fantastic guests to have on, and it'll be interesting to see what season three brings and who's going to be on the show. Yeah. First, we have to get through the live show. Get through the live show, and um, who knows? Who knows? We might have the odd bonus episode or something like yeah. that. If a, if a nice guest comes along. And we feel that we, we can't miss an opportunity. We'll we'll get them on. But yeah. um, the plan will be season three will come. Don't worry. We'll definitely be back. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Elaine. And thanks for all the hard work behind the scenes and getting the podcast out every Thursday yeah. for people to listen to. And uh, yeah, and uh, thanks to the guys at Republic of Work as well. And, and thanks to Skillsbase for supporting us this season as well. It's been great. And um, yeah, and thanks to you for listening. That wraps up this week's podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Skillsbase app, which is a solutions provider for companies looking for mobile-first engagement and blended learning tools. To find out more information on what they can do, visit skillsbase.ie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show and get in contact with us on all social platforms. I will be back again next week with a brand new episode.